Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 156 for the week of November. My clock's on the wrong page. 2010. No, it's it's December 4th, isn't it? December 4th. And I can tell you from experience, it is snowing out because I'm watching it snow outside. I'm in Wisconsin, and I'm happy because I just bought a snowblower yesterday, and now it's snowing today. I get to play with it later. No. Yes, I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with me is <laughs> Emmanuel Marino from sunny California. <laughs> Oh, I've heard of this thing. Snow. Yes. <laughs> you don't need to deal with this. All right. <laughs> you don't worry about it. I, I'll take care of the snow. You take care of um, whatever you guys do in December in Los Angeles. I don't know what that is. Go down to Sunset and go to fake hipster bars. I don't know. Fake hipster bars. <laughs> you can't even... What? You can't get into the real hipster bars? What? 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 Why fake They're hipster bars? Fake. They're all fake. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, it's just me and Manny right now. Um, we're hoping Anna will be able to join a little bit later, but uh, kind of had a messy start this week. I tried to do the time switch that I've been talking about yesterday. I was going to do the podcast yesterday, Friday night, and all that, and uh turns out I forgot to tell anybody about it, um, so nobody was there, so that was awkward, but it's okay. I hung out with the chat room, and we had a great old time talking um, about fun Japanese RPGs with uh, Sam Marcello, and we... Uh, Talked all about Atelier games and, and stuff like that, and, and weird indie games, and Epic Dungeon, and it was a fun time. So thank you guys Marcello, for yeah. hanging out. Yeah, San Marcello. San Marcello is my favorite series. I love that series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, that's not an RPG series? No, no. Um, I don't think you can play her like that, but let's see. Yeah, la, la, la. So I have to thank you guys, because you gave us a lot of feedback last week. Um. And so that's gonna that's pretty cool. So that's gonna open up the show. We got lots of feedback. I got some voicemails. I got plenty of news, including stuff about Old Republic and Harvest Moon, because I know you needed to hear more about Harvest Moon and iPhone RPGs. Um, and I know that doesn't sound that interesting, but trust me, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, including review scores of Nino Kuni. Um, and then after that, we'll have our picks or avoids of the week. And uh, I, I know I have a couple things to talk about there, so that should be interesting stuff. And uh, that'll be the show. So why don't we get started with some feedback? And so first off, I've got a message on our forums from user Catialan, one of my favorite users because he's been here for a long time. And one of my favorite users because uh, he's from Scotland. Ah, excellent. Good point. Uh, location, Scotland. What would I do to improve... Oh, wait. Is that is, that, is Sean Connery Scottish? Do um, I have that right? Yeah, that, right? What would I do to improve Eastern RPGs? No. So they had a big discussion about improving um, Japanese RPGs. And so he had a suggestion of, quote, deconstructions and reconstructions. In other mm-hmm. words, first create a deconstruction game that takes established ideas and then shows how they could be unrealistic, flawed, and even horrifying. So I had to say, I didn't know what deconstructions were, so I'm glad he defined it here. So he goes on to say, let's say such a game shows how ridiculous towns surrounded by hostile monsters would be, how flawed heroes who don't hesitate to steal or kill would be, and how awful nations ruled by former heroes would be. So I guess it'd be kind of a horrific game. <laughs> I don't know what that would what it consist of. I guess you'd see people getting children and, and, and women and stuff getting slaughtered all the time by monsters outside of the town and... You know, it might have terrible. the same tone. You remember that uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Village? Yeah, um, I didn't I watch it. I think it would have it, the same but... kind of tone, what like it? where people are too scared to go into the woods. The uh, monsters are in the woods. Aren't they like... Is everyone... Isn't it just like... But it's set in... 
Yeah, I know. I <laughs> it's know. just it's a terrible. highway outside of the ro- woods or something, right? <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but just like the same kind of tone where everyone's too frightened to even step outside. So that's how they keep everyone controlled. And uh, actually, that could be the whole point: is that there are no real monsters. The heroes have set up these fake monsters so they can control. Oh my them. gosh! That yeah, just, that totally works into the later point about how flawed former heroes would be. Wow. So that so you have a game that explores that. And then he said, once that's done, you create a reconstruction game as a response. So it shows that a balance between towns and wild monsters is necessary, that heroes can choose whether they will steal or kill, and that a nation ruled by former heroes would need the people's support to survive and prevent revolt. Um, so my only issue with his reconstruction game here is that I, I, I think games have tried to do that. Like, Fable tries to do that and just doesn't pull it off, really. But I guess... Um, what I think is that... I don't know why we're giving away these million ideas. A million dollar. We ideas need to make f- these. Yeah. I mean, and guy Kroll gets paid for this. <laughs> I think he gets paid to look at your game and tell you if it sucks before it comes out. Right. Mm. I don't know. Um, okay. All right. And he continues to say, if you look back on the angsty late nineties RPGs and compare them with skies of Arcadia, then you can see how skies is a type of reconstruction. So I guess it's a response to the angsty RP. I didn't play Skies, so I can't really you know, comment on that. But well, I'm glad you bring that up because we're going to have a backtrack on that. We're going to record that on Monday on Skies of Arcadia. Oh, nice! That sounds awesome. So it should be up like next week if you missed out on it. It's so, a great game. At this point, if you can track down a GameCube copy of the game, that's like the enhanced version. So that'd be really cool if they could address that. If that was a reconstruction game, kind of a response to angsty RPGs or not? I think it was more like a throwback than anything. It was everything was so positive and bright. There was no angst. Everything was just everyone's happy, go lucky, and so it was kind of response, not as a reconstruction, just as a as just kind of a a reactionary. Like this is too. It's like imagine everything you remember about Final Fantasy, like the early Final Fantasies. Yeah. Where everything's like airships everywhere, and then just everyone's happy and bright, colorful graphics, and then just take that to the extreme. Everybody's happy. You see, the thing is, like Final Fantasy four and six, most of the game the characters aren't happy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I don't know just, when just, is this like, happening. It's <laughs> just when? like this weird throwback where people, I don't know, I think actually are happy in this case. Okay, <laughs> it's like you imagine sixteen or eight bit RPGs. No, I, I know what you mean. It's like that. It's more of an anime reference than a than an RPG reference, is what I think. Because most RPGs, people aren't so happy go lucky most of the game. They're kind of mm-hmm. just angsty and stressful, like going back for quite a while. Um, hell, in Final Fantasy One, people weren't just happy because there wasn't much expression of people. Period. So, where were these games where people were happy? Secret of Mana, maybe, kind of. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> what what is this a throwback to? I think it's more of a throwback to to kind of anime. That's so but... weird. Now that you bring that up, I'm trying to think what does a throwback to. I'm sure people are going to tear us apart in the forums, but it feels it really does feel old. Like N64 Zelda feels... starts off relatively happy. You're you're right. I, I for all these years I've been thinking this is such a throwback. It feels so old school, but it's so good because they got to the core of what these old Japanese RPGs were like, and it turns out that's just I, a, yeah, an illusion were... of our of our uh, <laughs> of our memories. Yeah, it's fake nostalgia, doesn't it? That's now actually... I, I will say those those two games did have happy townspeople in some of the towns. So maybe that's what we're thinking of. Well, maybe I think maybe the hero, the happy-go-lucky hero. No, hero, Cecil like, was something... not happy. Go lucky. None of this. The guy from Grandia was right. The oh, okay, from, okay. Right? Justin, he was, he was, he was happy. That's right. Ex- that kind of. That's exactly. But that's PlayStation like. era. That's not old school, is it? Is it that I mean, old? This was, uh... Like Skies versus Grandia. I mean, that's not going back that far. 
Rhapsody. They right. suggest the Rhapsody in the chat that, room. <laughs> I was going to reference back like earlier Reiko Kodama games. I'm but thinking, then she just made the most like depressing fa- like Fantasy Star was a depressing series, wasn't it? Um, actually, yeah. Oh. <laughs> From what I can remember, um, there's probably some happy moments in four, but it's been a long time. There's so maybe a lot that's of unhappy why, moments. So maybe he's right. Maybe this is like a turn it on its head. Where sure there's an evil empire, but you make everything right in the end, and your heroes just. Lunar adventure. That's Lunar. So there we be. go. Lunar had some happy stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe like that, like Lunar. I'm just a hero. I want to adventure, adventure, but adventure. What I want is like a Super Nintendo era RPG where everybody's happy. For this to be a throwback, I think I think PlayStation is a bit late, but I guess I guess it will have to do for now. And I think PlayStation. One of the big things in PlayStation era is when you had a lot of anime influence on your games, because you could have FMVs that were anime, but. You know, it's funny, the, the only thing that felt hmm. anime is God of Arcadia. I should probably say this for the backtrack, but it was really just sort of like, here's the evil empire, and here's like the six levels of, you know, like like most anime series have like the six bad guys you need to kill before you get to the final boss. Right. And that's what this pretty much had. Here's the evil empire, now you need to beat the eight the eight famous war generals of blah, blah, blah. Or the Unten Seven, or the gun, like the eight gun hero, whatever. You, you saw Trigun. <laughs> yes, I did. All right. Weird ending. Oh, wait. If you look back on the angsty late 90s... Did you read that part already? All the way to the end? Um, yeah. All right. There's response to come archive class gameplay. What's seen as... Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Oh, no, I didn't finish it. Um, oh. Yes, you're right. Okay. So Half Minute Hero is a more recent example of a... Th- of a, of a, of a what he claims as a reconstruction. It's very silly, but the ways in which it responds to common archetypes and classic gameplay could be seen as deconstruction or reconstruction. Because it's pointing out the ridiculousness of it in some areas, and it's uh, responding to it and showing how to kind of do it right in some other areas. So that's that's neat. I, I just like that as a discussion topic. That's a great thing to talk about, kind of, because that's like an artistic discussion around game design and stuff. That's like really cool. Uh, but games aren't art, don't you know that? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> sorry, Ebert. Uh, chat room also claims Earthbound and Lufia may have been happy games. Earthbound's kind of weird. Um, it's quirky more than happy, I would say. But well, there's a, there's some good happy stuff in there. The um, what are they called? The Blues Brothers band in there. The the Fab Five. I can't remember their name. I feel terrible not not remembering. You know what? Their name. Maybe happy but, was wrong. Added was the wrong attitude to use. I mean, the scripter. It, I, I sort of said like the sense of adventure and exploration because around every corner there was something. I sort of embraced that feeling of everything is new. Everything is. You really want to go see everything as much as possible. Get out there and explore. See this world. Yeah, and, and I. Uh, ooh. Did you go Robo? I may have. Hold on. Does it bat? Oh, it's better now. I went Robo, Robo but yes. I got better. <laughs> yeah, I need to reboot this laptop. But we're gonna forge on with the show. Next piece of feedback. Log- uh, Logan writes in via email. So this is, I got feedback of all kinds this week. I'm happy. Your lack, the fee, your lack of feedback over these past couple weeks has been woefully depressing. I reckon I can give you a couple things to chew on. Number one, stovetop. It is the only stuffing. Don't be fooled by talk of homemade or store brand. That is lies and deceit. If you want stuffing, there is only stovetop. Only stovetop. I have to agree. I, I did use stovetop um, for my personal... Like I got invited to friends for Thanksgiving last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I guess two weeks ago. Whenever it was. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it was great. And but I had already bought stuff to make stuff on my own on Thanksgiving. So the next day I made that on my own, and I have to say I love the stovetop stuffing I had. It was so good, so good. All right. So he also personally, did, I'll, I'll go with rice aroni or something. Rice aroni instead of stovetop. That's terrible. Hey, if, but at least I didn't say hamburger helper. Hamburger helper is good, but it also is like indigestion helper. It's like it's a scary thing to eat, especially if you eat too. If you're a single person, you're tempted to eat way more of it than you should, and this just that's not good for you. I, I like this. Uh, one, of, one of the people in the chat room. This sounds like it's completely lost on anyone not in America. Stove top and oh uh, yeah, probably. Sorry, you have to come eat. <laughs> you have to come to America and eat our foods. Our easy-to-make food, store-bought yes. foods. Our cultural foods. Yep, Cult- cultural foods, stovetop, cultural staple. Um, is the Parasite Eve sta- series good, he asks. I've been thinking of adding them to my collection, but they are quite spendy, and I'm not all too familiar with what exactly they are. Could you guys do a little overview, review of the series? I can't, because I haven't played them. Um, I know they're both on PSN now, right? Or at least I think PSN they're coming. Japan. Yeah, um... In Japan, at least. So you might want to wait and get them on PSN, especially if Third Birthday comes out here. I think uh, you'll probably see Parasite Eve 1 and 2 get hit on PSN. So you might want to hold off for that. Um, to my knowledge, um, I do, you know, I didn't play them, but I was definitely around and paying attention to the scene when they came out. Parasite Eve 1 was very well liked. Parasite Eve 2 um, was not so liked. It was very different. So it's very, a lot less people who were liking Parasite Eve 2 compared to Parasite Eve 1. Parasite Eve 1 was more like an action RPG in a lot of ways. And then Parasite Eve 2 just sort of became a Resident Evil type type So did you play them? Uh, no, but I'm familiar with it. If, if, if anything, they're both worth experiencing if you care about the fiction. If, um, these are both they're both licensed properties off this Parasite Eve series. It's, um, it's a novel in Japan and it was also made into a movie. So maybe look into those. They're pretty. I'm sure you can get the movie on Netflix, and you can check Is out the, the movie book in English, though. I'm sure it's subtitled by now, right? I hope so. But um, I would, uh, yeah. So I would say if you're gonna go out of your way for it because you don't want to wait for them to show up on PSN, just get Parasite Eve one. Um, if, yeah, if you have to based get based on one, reactions, yeah. It might. It's not gonna look very pretty at this point, and those CG yeah. cutscenes won't look as good as they used to. But yeah. But I, I honestly couldn't say if it's really worth going out and spending your money on that versus like picking up um, Golden Sun three and playing that instead. That might be a I better idea. <laughs> I might. I mean, I, I've been playing a lot of old games recently, so I, now that P, uh, From Mission three, I'll say this, but for the news. But once From Mission, I heard From Mission three PS, I'm like, yeah, I can play that for another hundred hours or so. Oh, nice! I might have to pick that up. All right, final question from Logan, aka Zaku seventy seven. He says, "Do you guys know of any RPGs that are set in Norse mythology?" Are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I don't mean ones that have a town named Heimdall or a sword named Ragnarok. I mean okay, actually okay. completely set in it, like Valkyrie Profile. So that's that's the answer, though. <laughs> Valkyrie Profile one, two, and and uh, aren't they making a third one? Did they make a third one? Yeah, they made the the one on the DS. Well, there are a lot that are heavily influenced by Norse mythology, though, right? Um, heavily influenced. <sighs> I'm trying to think of any, and I'm having issues. Let me see. This is why Giant Bomb was created, right? The Wikipedia for games? Oh, yeah. Let me um, see. But they may have forked off to, to Giantpedia. No, I'm kidding. Giant Oh. <laughs> we were, we were learning about Wow Wiki forking off to Wowpedia earlier today. Some real drama. <laughs> Some wiki drama. Um, let's see. 
So yeah, by the way, go to Wowpedia, not WowWiki anymore. WowWiki is dead. Wikia is just leaving it running and profiting off your hits. Go to Wowpedia now. Wowpedia.org. All right, so here we go. Valkyrie. Um, no, wait. What are you searching for? Norse? Viking stuff. Vikings? <laughs> yeah, searching for Norse brings up How? Ivy Valentine. Are you kidding me? Two human is nothing but Norse stuff. Two human. There you go. Two humans, one. I think you're going to find a lot more Western RPGs than... Uh... Than Japanese RPGs that, that sort of dive into this. Hmm. So you got two human. That was supposed to be a trilogy, but I guess that's not going to happen anymore. Probably not. What else do we have? Viking um, battle for Asgard. <laughs> oh, here we go. The Lost Vikings. I highly recommend you go pick up the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Blizzard? You're going to love the Lost Vikings. Um, uh, Rune. Is that an RPG? I don't think so. Hmm. You know, it's strange that you bring this up. You'd think a lot more games would dive in. Yeah, I mean, there's the How to Train Your Dragon game, which is kind of. But it seems like a lot of games, like uh, like the Tactics Ogre series, is heavily influenced. You got Not only do you have weapons, but then you have some of the deities, and the summons are all the same. Well, Pi- uh, Pirates, Vikings, and Knights 2 on PC, released in 2007. <laughs> oh, Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere, it, thank you. Odin Sphere. Go pick up Odin Sphere. Yeah, yep. there you go. That's definitely that's drenched in Norse mythology. <laughs> um, huh. Wow, sort of drenched. Wow, wow has uh, the the Northrend stuff has a lot of Norse references and stuff. And where the humans come from, like Viking giants or something? Yeah, that's all revealed in the in the northern area. Spoilers. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. And I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah, but then if you really want to name like anything that. We could probably name a thousand RPGs that had slight Viking influences here and there. Yeah, I'm sure there's some game like uh, I'm just pulling this. It's I don't think Shadowrun is it, but I'm sure there's some game it'd be like Shadowrun, and you don't we don't realize it, but it's completely based off some epic Norse story. Um, you know, I know, Shadowrun isn't the one. I'm just picking yeah. that out of the blue as an example of something you wouldn't expect to be. <laughs> it's funny. Most Japanese RPGs are like uh, that Hercules and Xena series. Ah, or like just uh, at some point. Just to do do the reigns and how long the show's been on, every single god from every single place and every single weapon that they're gonna run into at some point, and they're gonna be a villain or they're gonna be a hero. It's ridiculous. Um, let's see. Are we saying Vagrant Story is? No, we're not. We're saying Symphonia has some Norse references. Tales of Symphonia. And Ragnarok Online is in theory, but I can tell you from playing it that it, you're not going to get it. It's more Korean than Norse. Yeah. <laughs> so really, uh, um, Odin Sphere and Valkyrie Profile. <laughs> Sorry. And Two Human. Two Human. And Two Human. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but those are like future Norse people. Yep. Two Human? They're all future Norse people, though. They're oh. cyber, cyber gods. I get it, yeah. 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 All right. All right. Next topic. We got a voicemail. Alrighty. Oh, our hello RPG cast. Uh, my name is Dan, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I'm a complete lurker, so I don't have a username on the site. But I've been listening to the podcast for several months now, and Chris always sounds so disappointed each week when there's no feedback. So hopefully this will cheer you up. Uh, A few shows ago, the old PS2 game uh, Shadow Hearts from the New World was mentioned by another uh, listener. As I'm currently collecting old PS2 RPGs, I recently purchased a copy of the first Shadow Hearts game. And when I got home, I greedily tore open the package uh, to read the instruction manual, because I'm that kind of guy, 
And I read the following on the back of the case, quote, an innovative and macabre adventure, rpgamer.com. So I hope nine years isn't uh, too late to congratulate you on your newfound celebrity. So has RP Gamer been contacted by uh, any other publishers for box quotes in the past? Uh, if so, what games? Uh, do the publishers ask, ask uh, permission? So just wanted to know. Uh, thanks for a great show and keep up the good work. Ah, uh, I'm glad he brought that this up. was a nice call. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, we are very relevant. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I don't know what other box quotes were on. Do you, Manny? I think I do. Um, okay. If you go to the RP Gamer page on Wikipedia, I think there's a link to us on a box quote. The the no. off to, the off again off again page that um, Sean Cooper had to fight vehemently to get keep from being erased from Wikipedia. Why were we going to be erased? Um, relevance. The, oh, the, we, people were basically using the Wikipedia rules against us very harshly in order to try and get the the thing removed. But yeah, um, I only see the Shadow our... Hearts box cover. Let's see. I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I think that might be the only uh, game. But uh, someone have to tell us. Um, I can tell you um, from experience that when this happens, that uh, usually the PR person will contact us, ask for permission, and we'll say, absolutely, we want to be on there. Please, please use it. Um, it you know, it's possible they might not, but, you know, no one's going to really complain if they use your quote on the box without permission because it's usually good for you. But I think almost always, I think they've always asked. Um, they asked, uh, I actually wrote a preview for, um, uh, it was an impression for Valkyria Chronicles, and uh, the PR lady emailed me directly and said, can we use your quote in uh, some of the advertising that we're going to do for the game? And I oh, said, yeah, of time. course. And so um, I had an advertisement that showed up in, I had, they had an advertisement that showed up in EGM and other magazines. Was your name on the actual on thing? That. No, it, it credited to RP Gamer. So, mm. well, but, What was the quote? Do you remember? Um, where's that magazine? I do know that, uh, that Atlas uses our... Game RPG of the Decade or RPG uh, Award logos on a lot of their uh, Persona games. Yeah, that magazine's upstairs, so I can't do that. I don't want to go dig for it right now. But, um, you know, it's just something... Let's see if I can find... I bet you I can figure out what it is. I was extraordinarily positive about the game, so it was like the most positive thing I had said in the the piece. Curie Chronicles... Where's my impression from E3... Oh, we don't link them. That's nice. That makes me sad. But it's pretty cool, though, that uh, at least Atlas gives us some love. Lots of love. Yeah, having all the award stuff on there is great, actually. And... Oh, here we go. Valkyrie Chronicles, Impression, one of the three Impressions we put up that year. Uh, Okay. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit down and play a mission to Sega's Valkyrie Chronicles for the PlayStation 3. Let's just get it out of the way. It was fantastic. Um, I think that was part of the quote. <laughs> just, it was, it just, was fantastic. Yeah, Box I know. Quote. It's uh, it's not the best writing, though. But uh, I will be greatly anticipating Valkyrie Chronicles when it releases this November, and it was easily one of the top three titles at the show. This was at the E3 that was really tiny in the Air Force hangar. Oh, that's right. So, Barker hangar over in Santa Monica. That's right. <laughs> The uh, one of the other top threes, 
Um, <laughs> Infinite Undiscovery. <on> <laughs> that turned out well. I, I still liked it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. And um, uh, probably it might have been Too Human. No, Too Human was there. I don't know if that was the other top three for us. Final Fantasy Thirteen, probably. Because I don't think we could play that, though. Um, yeah, something like... Oh, Fallout 3. It was probably Fallout 3. Whatever. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, memories. Um, that's uh, one more one more voicemail. Same guy. Check this out. Hi, RPG cast. This is Dan from St. Louis again. I have to agree with Chris. It is totally image pooch. So there we go. It's image pooch. We're going with image pooch here forward. Um, Wait, wasn't that Quinn? Who said that? Yeah, I, right. I think he came up with it, but uh, I, I seized on it. So um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the feedback for the show. Thank you guys for feeding ba- feeding us back this week. Is that right? Thank you for feeding us. Thank you for feeding us this week. Um, if you right, want to leave feedback for the show, there's three ways for you to do it. Uh, first off, you go to rpgamer.com/rpgcast, click the discuss link next to the episode, and leave a, th- a me- uh, post in the thread for the show. Uh, the second is to email us at podcast@rpgamer.com, or you could send us an MP3 attachment of essentially a voicemail by attaching it to the email. I can play it right here on the show. And finally, calling us at six zero eight. 729-4098 and leave in a voicemail like you just heard Dan from St. Louis do. So, we love to get your feedback and please keep that coming, especially in the December months. We really need your feedback for the show when things start to get um n- not less news. <laughs> so, oh, my printy just took a dive. Hold on. Poor guy. Oh, he lost his Assassin's Creed uh, headband. There. Printy, printy's a sell up. He's what? He's a, he's sellout. a sellout. Dude. Shilling for Ubisoft? No, nah, he just got a collector's edition. He's happy about it. That's all. That's all. Uh, all right. So what do we got for stories this week? We got plenty of stuff. The first thing I'm really excited about, this is a really cool feature. Roy Burnett, um, one of our newer guys, is doing uh, a feature about Dragon Age mods. So mm-hmm. Dragon Age Origins, they, you can mod that game on the PC. You add tons of stuff, just like Oblivion and all the other stuff. Um, this is a really good time to do that with Dragon Age because uh, the community's had plenty of time to make all these mods, and there's a lot of interest because we got the sequel coming out soon. So he's doing, um, I think every week, he's going to do another article on various mods you can get for the game. And the first one is up. Go find it on our site. It's the top Dragon Age mods. The part one is on weapons and armor. I think the next one is on gameplay mods. But... Uh, this Let one is on wild... weapons and armors. So. Let me take a wild guess. There's a lightsaber. Uh, no. What? Sorry. <laughs> but you can dress up like the Witcher. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's can, you bring some, can you bang some broads? Because I know that's really... Sorry. <laughs> I think that was like the big thing in the Witcher. Is that right? the thing in the Witcher? Bang. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to... they've got a bunch of different costumes. So this, is the, this, this week is dress up. And... Uh, Later, you can see what else is coming. And that's pretty cool. DragonAgeNexus.com is a great place to go for your mods. That's uh, Nexus spelled N-E-X-U-S. DragonAgeNexus.com. Now, unfortunately, and, this is all PC only, right? Yeah, of course. Of course, I know. That's sad. It's all right. That's that's why you buy the PC versions of the game. Cause I bought better. the 360 version. Ooh. Of course, with the, with the sequel, it might not matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so action-based. I don't know that the PC version will matter. Uh, I just Wait, picked up. Crazy. Yeah, um, I remember last time we had a uh, guest of the podcast. I mean, friend of the podcast, uh, Kiro. Yeah, there you go, Victor. 
he told some terrible horror stories about some Dragon Age mods. Remember? Dragon Age mods? Uh, yeah. No, I don't remember. But... Or like the rem- the like the slow dwarf boy whose brain was idled by Lyrium. Oh, How's... yeah. That that does, don't don't use that mod. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just sad. <laughs> and he's a human a boy. Nice... He's not dwarf. But... Oh. Yeah, he's in your camp. He's already he's in the game by default. But like, I think they made a quest line and stuff out of it, and it's kind of scary. Enchantment. Enchantment. Yeah, just kind of sad. Um, now you've got me distracted. What I was going to say. Um, over the week, in the past week, I think I picked up for like twenty five dollars the Dragon Age Origins Ultimate Edition, which is uh, sad because I, I bought the collector's edition of Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to buy like the ultimate edition because I already own half the damn game. Mm-hmm. But it was cheaper than buying the expansion and all the DLC I haven't bought. Yeah, the expansion was like forty on its own, and then all the DLC is like seven to ten dollars. Yeah, so I got so. everything, and this was great. I bought it on Impulse because it was cheap there. But there they gave me the code, the CD key that it was able to take over to EA to their download manager, and it treated it just like a box copy of the game. So I can download the game now either from Impulse or from EA. And I think the mm. important thing is downloading it from EA because then it'll be totally compatible with my like disc-based install and stuff. So I'm very oh, happy about that. And it'll be mu- and you can actually transport your, I mean, uh, move your data into Dragon Age too. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So great. Yeah, though. Um, I, I guess I could have just bought it on Impulse and had no trouble. I'm curious. Well, do you think you have? I mean, Dragon Age comes out in like what mid January? Um, I thought February, but oh. oh, oh. But it's still it's a lot of content. That expansion plus uh, the the epilogues for Liliana. Do I and... think I'm gonna beat it? No, in time. Absolutely yeah, because it's a lot of content. Plus, yeah. you get to play as a dark spawn and everything. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, let's see. Let's search for Dragon Age. One more on the pile of shame. I, you know, I was considering getting it too, but I figured I already own the the, the main copy, and I had to sell the other one back to get some money back. The signature thinking, edition of mm-hmm. Dragon Age 2 is still March. like 50 bucks on Impulse, which I think mm-hmm. is $10 less than everywhere else. They want to charge 60 bucks for a PC game everywhere else. So it's only 50 bucks on Impulse, and it comes out March 31st. So mm-hmm. there you go. Planet, so kind of enough time. Still. Uh, that's what I did. So that's cool. Dragon Age, yay. All right. Th- tell us this next one. This looks cool. This is what you're happy about, right? Mm. About what? Mission? Oh, yes, yes, yes. If there's one person who always talks about From Mission, it's me, right? Yeah. I'm the From Mission guy. <laughs> Including the latest one? Yeah. From Mission 3 was a great <laughs> game, if you remember. <laughs> All right. So, yes, uh, From Mission 3, probably the best From Mission to jump into if you're not familiar with the series because it's a standalone. It's finally coming to the PS. It's finally coming to PSN. Yay, but no dates, right? Um, no, no dates. I think it's already out in Japan, right? This this leaked out of an ESRB rating. Yeah, I think it is out in Japan already. So, mm-hmm. if, if anything, if you're only going to play one from mission, I think this is probably the one to play. Unless you're Japanese, go get from mission five. Or if you can read Japanese, go get from mission five. But this is the best one that we got. Okay, sweet. I can't believe yeah. we didn't get five. That's surprising. Yeah, the series. I think the the numbers were well. The, the problem was that from mission four was basically. A slightly, very slightly upgraded version of From Mission Three, and they didn't really take advantage of what the PS2 can do. And then by the time they did, oh, but if it's upgraded, does that mean it's better? 
Nah, the storyline is basically the same. It's the same kind of talking head scenario, you know, talking well, well, heads. Well, let me, and... let me, if, if, if it's slightly upgraded, why wouldn't I want that one instead of three? I think three had a better story, and four ties too much into what happened with the old USN plots and all the OCU things. And this. See, and if you don't even know who these people are, it's just, it's just a bunch of gibberish. Oh, okay. And like I said, the problem was that the, it was already the PS2 era, and other Screen RPGs were looking fantastic at this point, and this just looked like basically an upraised PS1 game. Yeah, I remember playing this at an E3 and um, Front Mission 4 and just yeah. being like, oh, I killed some stuff in the mech. Yeah, great. Like, I didn't get it at all. Actually look, <laughs> Front Mission 5 actually looked like a PS2 game. It had great cutscenes. It had a, a lot of character development. And the story was, was so – it was sort of like the game to get caught up with the main storyline because it follows this main character – the main character – it follows the main character throughout his entire lifetime – which is basically throughout the entire series. So when he's a kid through the first major war, which is from mission one, all the way up until modern, all the way up until like the last from mission. So that's number five one, that we didn't get. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So it basically covers everything. It's great storytelling, great voice acting, great cutscenes. It's, it's what you expect. Only. It's what you expect from a Square Enix RPG in PS2 era. And Japanese. how do you know it has great voice acting? It, it was great Japanese voice acting, at least. <laughs> Did you play it? I watched a lot of videos. You watch oh videos of it. Oh, yeah, cool. Did, did they subtitle them or something? No, so it was actually depressing. <laughs> you were just sitting there watching a Japanese game you couldn't understand. Wondering like, oh, what am I doing with my I life? Have this. I should have this. <laughs> oh, not even wondering what you were doing. With it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever finish Undead Nightmare? Yes, I did. Was it awesome all the way to the end? Um, I don't. Let me. There's this great little moment. You know that moment when you get off the horse in Mexico? Yeah. And that, that great song plays yeah. as you as you like lo- ride across into Escalera and it's all really quiet and, and lonely. Mm-hmm. There's a great moment like that right before you get to the end of the game with a, a sort of a punk rock Halloween song. <laughs> and it's, it's that exact same feeling. Yeah. The exact same feeling. Nice. <laughs> so they got it. They know how to do that. They're very good at what they do. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Deus Ex, Human Revolution. That's what we should talk about now. Speaking of Square Enix, big budget games. Human Revolution oh. just had its collector's edition announce. And they, so, and as well as its pre-order bonuses. So check this out. The augmented edition, which I guess augmented is something from the game world. Um, the augmented edition, it's 10 bucks more than retail price. And the pre-order packs, of course, scattered among your various retailers. So figure out which one's best and pick your retailer based on it. Here's what you get in the Augmented Edition. All the pre-order bonuses detailed below. Oh, so never mind. Just get the Augmented Edition. As well as a number of exclusive goodies, such as an art book, motion graphic novel, and bonus DVD. The bonus DVD contains a making of segment, special trailers, an animated storyboard of the CGI trailer, and a soundtrack. Yay. Oh, uh, what? Wait, when they say soundtrack, did you, can we actually download it? or? Uh, I don't know. They don't say. I, I say that because I was tricked with the Dante's Inferno PS3 special edition. Said yeah. it had a soundtrack included, and it was like, yeah, it has a soundtrack. If you go open the menu and listen to it while your PS3 is on. Ooh, see, Dragon Age, Origin, uh, Dragon Age Origins had a soundtrack on its special edition on the DVD, and I just copied it off. Oh, okay. It was a folder you could just copy off. It was the WAV files and do whatever you want with. Oh, so. WAV files? I can't even touch WAV files. Why not? I don't have anything that converts them. Yes, you do. I guess I have to get a new program for that. <laughs> yes, you do. iTunes can use WAV files. I wonder. Yes, it can. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks, Merlin. So can GarageBand. So you're fine. <laughs> 
All right, what else we got? <laughs> that was the most overreaction I've ever heard to a wave file. I, in I my try- life. We're not going to get into this now, but I've tried. I had wave files before, and iTunes said I can't handle this. <laughs> yes, Think. Am I using Microsoft stuff? <sighs> go to iTunes. You can handle dot waves, dude. <laughs> Let's go next. Token QuickTime. All right. <sighs> if you buy that QuickTime Pro license, everything's just so much easier for you, as uh, Alex Lindsay would tell you. <laughs> VLC. VLC. Yeah, that'd probably do it too. All right. So <laughs> the first pre-order pack. So again, they're saying that this comes, this is weird because our article says that you get all the pre-order bonuses. Um, and then it says the pre-order, first pre-order pack known as the Explosive Mission Pack is available only from GameStop. It contains a new mission with a cameo from an original Deus Ex character, a linebacker G87 odd, uh, multiple shot grenade launcher, an M28 utility remote detonated explosive device. You're dead. That's what it uh, abbreviates uh, to. Yeah, but uh, isn't that clever? And uh, an automatic unlocking device, which is apparently a consumable, so it cannot be used throughout the entire game. So, great. They give you an unlocking device that you'll never, ever, ever want to use. And you're going to hold on to it for the whole game, for that one door you need it on. And you're not going to know which door it is. That's going to be great. Uh, the second pre-order pack is the Tactical Enhancement Pack. It's available from apparently everybody else. It includes the Huntsman Silverback Double Barrel Shotgun, the Longsword Whisperhead Extreme Range Sniper Rifle, and some extra credits. And not the kind that gets you extra grade at school, but the kind that lets you buy stuff. So, yeah, there you go. I don't know what's better, honestly. And one of those is a GameStop exclusive, right? Yeah, the first pack was a GameStop exclusive. And the second pack is like everybody else. So that's what you get at Amazon or whatever. So what do you think? Worth the extra $5? I mean, $10? Um, well, okay, the $10 is what? The art book, motion graphic novel, and bonus DVD? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually okay with paying 10 bucks extra for a soundtrack. My problem here is I don't know if the soundtrack's any good. And the art book isn't exactly... It's like, what, 40-page art book? Yeah, I mean, they're never... They're usually not big nowadays for art books. Um, it like really has this. to come down to the soundtrack uh, for me to decide if I'm going to get the collector's edition here. And I just Well, the don't good know. thing is, I think we're going to have plenty of time. I, I doubt this, collector, this is one collector's edition that's going to sell out. So... Hmm. I, I need to play the first two games anyway, so... Oh, come on. I, I think they're making this one standalone enough that you can get into it. But I, how am I supposed to be excited for it if I didn't play the originals? Everyone else You know, is you're going to be stuck playing like the originals for like three months now, right? I've got a lot of things that are like that. So it basically means you're never going to play Deus Ex? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll play All Dungeon right. Siege 3, though. Are you going to watch the new... Dun- I hear Wade Bowles making a new Dungeon Siege movie. <laughs> Did I? I didn't put that in here. Yeah, he he couldn't get the rights to the, na- the game anymore, or they didn't want to, or he didn't want to pay for it, or Microsoft didn't want to do it, or it just didn't happen, but it'll just be called um, Journey Return of the, the King. Return of the King 2 or something like that. Return yeah. Is it really Return of the King? It can't be so. Return of the King. It's going to be like Rise of the King or something. Oh, there you go. Because <laughs> there's no way that Return of the King is going to go through without problems. Wait, is that the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, that is. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand. Dungeon Seas is a pretty decent series, right? Uh, yeah. So why in the world would they give their license over to... Like, I understand why Blood Rain would give their license to Uwe Boll. But why, or Far Cry too? But why would Dungeon Seas do that? Especially when it's supposed to be like this big, this big prestigious. Oh, come RPG. on, dude! It's just, it's just, uh, you know, money. Oh, but come on, Uwe Boll, really? 
<laughs> oh, in the name of the king. There you go. Wow, Epic Dungeon is apparently really liked by people on the X Xbox Live Independent Games. Just got uh, one of the two the, the the Xbox Live Independent Game developers that I like to follow are tweeting about how much they like it. That's the dude who did uh, Breath of Death 7 and uh, the guy who's doing Dust in Elysian Tale. Hmm. So apparently go check out Epic Dungeon. All right, Chris, I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you like Arkwise Fantasia? I didn't play it. Oh. Do you like any games from Ignition? Uh, not so far. No? I can't think of anything of theirs that I like. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do like the, the sword slashy one. Um, Muramasa? Muramasa, yeah. All right, cool. Well, the good thing is that they're, mo they're moving slightly closer to you. Uh, Ignition is? Yeah, they're LA Studio over here in Glendale, which I visited a few times. They're, uh, they're picking up and they're moving to Austin. Oh, wow. They're going to go hang out with Bioware. I guess so. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, though. As I know a lot of those people. I doubt any of those people are going to move. Why would they go to Ignition. L.A.? Why would they move to Austin? It's not a studio, though, is it? It's just a publishing house in I, the U.S.? I'm not sure. I'm, yeah, I think they farm out a lot of their stuff. I mean, they don't... I, I don't think they do any game development. Hmm. I mean, where's the uh, where's the uh, the designer jeans game? Where's that being developed? Um, do you know what I'm talking oh, about oh, with that? Uh, Shaddai. El Shaddai. Yeah, El Shaddai. Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's being done in Japan, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on with that. Mm. Eh, whatever. Doesn't matter. So they're moving closer. Um, I will have to move a little bit further east <laughs> to offset it. Uh, <laughs> We're never getting invited to their offices again. Yes. Speaking of games coming across <clears throat> and getting closer and closer to me, the German RPG Venetica is crossing the Atlantic Ocean, and it's going to be released here in January 2011. So what is this? It's a game developed by Deck 13, published by Rombax Games. It's going to be out on 360, PS3, and PC, um, and it is a, it's a fantasy version of 16th century Venice. Um, it's interesting. The writer said it's a fantastic version of 16th century Venice, which I don't think that's what he means, but ooh, it's fantastic. No, it's a fantasy version of 16th century Venice where monsters and evil magic lurk in every corner of the famous city. The player must take control of Scarlet, a young heroine, as she must master control over the powers of death itself in order to fight against the evil necromancers who plot Venice's downfall. So kind of like, uh, <laughs> the art, what? This is the fantasy RPG version of Assassin's Creed or something? I don't know. I like the tagline, Venetica, stronger than death. Oh, is that it? Nice. <laughs> I'm on the official website right now. Cool. So um, we'll keep you posted on whether or not that's good. Uh, it looks interesting. I mean, the art style looks slightly like, you know, she, um, oh, yeah. geez, that Ubisoft game with the pigs. The what? Say that again? What, what was that Ubisoft game with the pigs? With the pigs? Jeez. I'm going to get the pigs? Beyond Good and Evil. That's what she sort of looks like. Oh, okay. I haven't played that yet, so. No. I know I need to. That's on the list of, like, what the hell are you doing, Chris? You need to well, play Bioshock and Beyond Good and Evil. They're remaking it with an HD, so just wait for that. Oh, that's right. I should just wait <laughs> for that. But we haven't heard anything on that in forever. It's gonna. It's being done, though. Okay. I'm going to trust you. Because otherwise I would just go to GOG and play it. But don't you want to play in HD with Chivos? I don't care. 
It's like, I, I just want to play it at some point. I don't care what version, as long as I play All it. Right. <laughs> I'm starting to get over the HD remake thing. But you, you having what's it? Shadow of the Com- Shadow of the Colossus. I was going to say Shadow of the Complex. <sighs> you, yeah, I haven't decided on that because I own both those games on PS2 already. Do I really? I haven't even finished them on PS2. Do I really rebuy them? You know, or do I just finish them? I'm sure they have trailers for the next game. I don't care. I've seen plenty of trailers for the next game. I know I will buy the next game. I don't need another trailer. I don't know. I have I seen will... a lot of trailers for uh, that new Star Wars MMO, though. You have? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, but that's not coming out before April 2011th. What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, apparently, uh, this is interesting. Talking to the Credit Suisse 2010 Technology Conference via Gamma Sutra, EA CFO Eric Brown said the game is now slated for their 2012 fiscal year, which begins April 2011. And uh, the only reason this is news is because they originally said they were targeting spring 2011 release. So that means uh, that's probably not going to happen because, well, the financial officer said it's not going to happen. So <laughs> there you go. So sometime after April 2011 and before April 2012, look for the Old Republic to come out unless they delay it again. <laughs> Man, forget this. I'm just going to go play Catacatalism. Cut, what? Oh, oh Catacatalism. Okay. Catacatalism. <laughs> yeah, I think that video of this girl, this no. is girl on YouTube that everyone's linking to, even Giant Bomb, of this girl trying to break down and explain what Catacatalism is. Catacatalism. <laughs> wow, Cataclysm is a new RPG from Blizzard. In Cataclysm, you play the Warjin. The Warjin? <laughs> I'll have to go watch that later. That sounds great. Oh, oh, we already covered that story last week. I just I put in a story in here about NIS doing image. No, we didn't. This is news. So all those image pooch games we talked about yet last week, and they're having uh-huh. the whole JRPG label and all that stuff. Well... NIS America is going to publish them here. I can't think of a better company to do it. Yeah, that's one of them or Atlas, you know? Pretty much. (laughs) Black Rot Shooter, the game, Chevalier Saga Tactics, and Final Promise Story, which that name's going to have to change. But if it doesn't, I will be so happy with it. Final Promise Story. That's just such a great Japanese name. Um, They will be bringing um, image app. Image Pooch's Image Epics. Image Pooch's RPGs to North America and Europe, though they have not confirmed which titles at this time. Um, so they haven't confirmed those three titles I just read, so ignore that I just read them, other than those are the, the most likely titles to come over. So Well they still have the JRPG label that's associated with them. It'll be like NAS America, Image Pooch, JRPG. I don't know, will they? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the president of NIS America, who I've met, he's a pretty cool guy, said, I am attracted by their philosophy of creating games. Image Epic is already a distinguished video game. I don't think he'd say Image Pooch, that's why. So Image Epic is already a distinguished video game developer in Japan. Not only that, but it is my firm belief that their future titles will fascinate JRPG fans in the U.S. and Europe in the near future. Sweet. Problem is, this Image, Image Pooch is the Luminous Arc people, and... I haven't heard good things about those games. Wait. And Arc Rise Fantasia. <laughs> oh. Which I guess was mostly ruined by the localization, right? Yeah, it was decent. They also did Criminal Girls. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. To Google. I have to see this. <laughs> you have to see Criminal Girls. I do know what it is. And um yeah. It sounds it's, like a women in prisons movie. You know, yeah. those like in the 70s, They're all in like, like you know, it, 
it's so Japanese it can't come out here at this point sort of thing. Um, oh, this is like worse than a sausage game. Yeah. <laughs> They're all in like stripes. They all broke out of prison or something. And you're in charge of rehabilitating, rehabilitating girls that personify the seven deadly sins. What a shock that didn't come out here. It was on I wonder which. I wonder what the girl with like the gigantic breasts, which sin she personifies. Yeah, I can't, I can't figure that one out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's Image Pooch. <laughs> we'll see uh, if they uh, if they get some hits or if they uh, screw the pooch with these. So, oh, someone in oh, the chat room, Kazriko says, "Luminous Arc is uh, pretty fun." So he's counteracting what Nixbot said on our little live stream last night, last night, where she said that it, Luminous Arc was not so good. So hmm. it sold well enough to get a sequel out here, though. Luminous Arc? Oh, yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah, Luminous too. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, upgrading that game to, from a avoid to uh, read more and decide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of games that I'm still not completely sold on, but I'm hopeful for, there's mm-hmm, an iPhone mm-hmm. RPG coming out from Epic. Called- You're not hopeful? Are you kidding me? This is, according to IGN, this is the greatest, most amazing looking, Superior experience on the iPhone. Yeah. Well, you know, have. IGN makes terrible reviews sometimes. We just went over one last night about terrible, terrible review of Atelier Rorona. But who uh, did it? Out of curiosity, um, I will find out. Because I, I, I'm now that I'm listening to a few more IGN podcasts, I can tell you, like, based on the personality of the person, it's just not their style. Uh, let's see. Read the review from Jack Devries. No clue who he is. Yeah, so he, he, I, it, probably because he doesn't even work there. It was probably farmed out to him or contracted, you know. Mm. What, freelance, sorry. That's the right term. But okay, if there's anyone who's going to talk about this game, it should be me. Okay. Because I've been following it pretty closely. All right, tell us the news. So in- Infinity Blade, the game being developed by Epic Games uh, subsidiary studio, Chair. And if you remember, Chair did... Oh, Shadow Complex. Shadow Complex. Yeah. Oh, now That's I'm excited. Okay, that, now I care. Now all I care. To, yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, forget the hype. All you have to remember is that... These guys Shadow made Com- Super Metroid on the 360. <laughs> and they did a pretty good job with it. So, um, Infinity Blade, where it's... Uh, well, have you heard the basic the basic of the story? If you're interested. Uh, I don't... No. I don't remember. Okay, so there's just God King at okay. the end. And, uh, huh? Okay. All right, so this God King, and he's basically you. You know where most RPGs, you start this game where most RPGs end. You're already at the final castle, at the final the guy's final, uh, his final stronghold. Does it happen to be an epic citadel? Pretty much, it's this big. (laughs) So you have to kill all these bosses and make your way to the top. And here's the thing: if you die, it's okay, because what happens is, twenty years later, the next generation of your line, like your son, will come back and try to. Do what you couldn't do, but you'll have all of the items and all what the if energy. You win? The They're saying that the, the the cycle continues, but in an interesting way. Oh, okay. so I'm guessing you somehow become the God King, and then maybe your son comes to kill you. Yeah, maybe. So it's sort of, it's sort of like Groundhog Day, sort of like uh, maybe Dead Rising. Wait, so this cycle- is a cycle game? So like, I'm gonna just keep fighting over and over till I win, or something, or pretty much, or even when I win, it doesn't matter. What? Well, Apparently, it's it's the it's the combat. It's it's the fact that it, during each new cycle, the enemies get tougher, the loot gets better. Your, your character always he looks different with each new armor set he gets, 
and it's the leveling system and the fact that you have to remember like Final Fantasy IX where you had to yeah. like sort of drain the the experience out of an item. Yeah. Same thing happens here. All your items have experience, and you wear them to drain out the experience, and you can master them, sell them back. It's it's a bit of a grind, but on an iPhone like this, do a quick battle, turn it off. You have a reason to come back. If you die, who cares? Because you just come back stronger than ever before. Okay. And the enemies keep on getting smarter. They you have to use um better tactics, and uh, you basically control it. You control the whole game with one finger. You you swipe around where you want to attack. You can uh, dodge left and right. You can use magical powers. You have to draw like uh, glyphs similar to uh, Dawn of Sorrow. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, it's a gamer's kind of game, and people criticize it that there's no real free movement. It's sort of like maybe a mix between. We talked about this. We're sort of like uh, Dragon's Lair, where you sort of just click on where you want to go and you watch your guy go there, and you can pick up items along the way. I mean, sure, they could have put in virtual controls, but I think they've strongly felt that we don't want to make a game that we can make on a PSP. We want to make a game that we could only make on an iPhone. And we want to do it right. Hmm. So that sounds that does sound good. It'll be out for the iPhone 3GS, the iPhone December 4, 9th. the iPad, the iPod Touch Generation 3, oh, it's and the iPod app. Touch Generation 4. It is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. One hey, price. No, most companies don't do universal These apps. guys they are doing it everything price. right. So it's going to be disappointing when we find out their sales aren't good or something. <laughs> oh, and they've committed to supporting this game with a lot of post-release stuff, free oh, DLC. That's great, but they, they need sales for that to work out. But um, I mean, what yeah. they promised so far is like, you know, one day they'll be like, okay, here's five new shields. Here's six new swords. Here's three new enemies. Here's a brand new area for you to, for you to explore. Yeah. And as long as they can keep that, um, then you... Here's that what I'm worried about. In. Here's what yeah. I'm worried about. This sort of game, to actually get people who care... All right, the people who care that it's universal are kind of the people who are into this stuff hardcore. They have multiple devices and stuff. Mm-hmm. People who care about chair have been following the industry. The people who care about, you know, making a game only for iPhone versus making it a PSP port, these are people who are gamers and they care about games being tailored to their system. These are the sorts of people, um, there's only, there's a limited amount of those people. And they're going to go, they're going to buy the game for their $5.99 and that's going to be it for their sales and then they're not going to have like the big pool of money they would have had if those hardcore people went and spent $59.99 on a game. And I'm worried that without like additional purchases or something that's just going to die off quickly due to a smaller amount of money that they got I in do the think outset. There's going to be a wow factor associated with this game because this is clearly the best looking iPhone game around. And I do think plenty of people will buy it just to be say, here, look at what my phone can do. Right. I mean, it worked for... I just feel um, like that they should be selling this like it's a full-on game. And starting... Somebody's got to break down the barrier and realize that we're going to have to have $40 games at some point on these devices. But it would never work because... For seven dollars, you can get. Uh, you can GTA. get a lot of crappy stuff for seven dollars. I mean, you can get GTA, a full yeah. GTA game for seven dollars. You can get like a uh, Chaos Rings, which is a pretty decent RPG for like twelve dollars. Yeah, for twelve dollars, this is five ninety nine. They should be like twelve dollars then. I don't know. I think it'll do for six bucks. I think a lot of people will say, "All right, look at what my phone can do. This is pretty." They'll play with their. They use their finger as a sword a few times. Say, "Oh, that was fun." But then people like us will be like. There's some there's some meat here, and I'm glad that Chair is going to continue to support it. Yeah. And the, the fact that they're going to continue to support it means that people like us will keep on talking about it, and people are like, oh, I right, just don't understand talk. how they can continue to support it because the sales are going to drop off, and they're going to need to be working on the next game. If it, for that's just when you do low budget or low know price why. iPhone games, you have to keep. I know moving. why. I can tell you exactly why right now. Why? Because this is a, this is a launch title. A launch title. 
this is a flat this is a launch title for the Unreal 3 engine. Oh. It's a f- this is their display piece. Okay. This is to show all the developers out there that this is what you can do with our engine when you actually put a little bit of time and effort into it. They're going to keep it out. They have to make it. You know, this is why yeah, I think but, this game is going to be good. But the, they, there's kind of- another half of that, right? So you show off the technology is freaking awesome, right? But all you right, still yeah. need to show that that time and energy and investment of money pays dividend. And I don't know that that part is here. Like making a hardcore, awesome-looking game on the iPhone paying big dividends. That's the part that we've got an issue here. Well, it'll pay the big dividends for Epic as long as they sell. That, yeah, pay di- that yeah great. But I meant for, all they want to do is sell the OS. But they need right? to sell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they need to sell that engine to companies, and those companies need to be sold on the oh, idea of making a profit. Wrong about this one. No licensing fees. There will be if you use this engine. There will be depending on how. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got a thirty percent license fee to Apple. Is you can look at that. I and know it's Epic. it is better. The thing is, he's right though. It's a lot better than publishing it on a console. So it you is. get seventy percent of your price out of the sale, and the only license fee in this case would be to to Epic to license the engine. I guess Chair doesn't need to worry about that because they're their well, own. I can tell you why this is going to be. They're going to continue to support, and it's going to be. A, what I understand is going to be a good game, just because Chair's reputation can't afford it and epic is trying to make a business of like a big push into this business here and yeah. they need this game to be good and they need people to be thinking about it constantly saying yeah. look what our engine does look how you can support it look how you can keep it in the top 20 or top 100 for so long they need this to succeed for them yep yep yeah you're totally right so ah oh, speaking of games that didn't succeed uh pirates of the burning sea was an MMORPG. You probably remember me and Anna talking a lot about how much fun we were having with it, especially with the ship battles. Then we kind of got lost and mired in the economy. Um, apparently, they've uh, decided to make some changes over at Pirates of the Burning Sea. In addition to what has no doubt been a ton of patches and changes of the game since me and Anna left it, um, they are now switching to free-to-play, and that has gone live. So... That's live right now. You can play Pirates of the Burning Sea for free. I highly recommend just going and checking it out and playing some of the ship combat. There's plenty of um, NPC ship battles. You don't have to worry about doing PvP. Just uh, do some of the NPC ship battles. It's really fun. Um, and, and go try it out for free. I mean, there's no question of that. If you want, if you want, you can pay 15 bucks a month and subscribe and get a bunch of in-game benefits and premium content and stuff. But uh, go check it out. I really enjoyed sailing around in that game, and it's got a great aesthetic and a great, uh, a lot of good parts to it. Um, there were some bad parts to it too, too, but I don't know if they've been changed not or not now. So go, go check out the good parts in it. It's free. I love how there's like two MMO models now: WoW and free to play. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. I wonder, um... No, never mind. doesn't matter. I was, I was wondering how they work in Korea, if they're the same way. Um, I think they're all free to play, right? Well, everything's weird in Korea, right? Because they've got the, the, PC, bon- the PC bonds, the PC rooms Yeah, where you can pay, like, $2 and play, like, an entire game for, like, two hours. Like, like two StarCraft, hours. they didn't even anticipate to release box copies, which I guess is because the, it would just be pirated or something. So they just wanted to release what is essentially a subscription model. But apparently people didn't make them big enough of a stink, so they did start selling them. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was that bad in Korea. And apparently in the in the threads this week, you're probably going to mention this, that apparently it's so bad uh, that pretty much all of continental Asia, they don't expect to be able to do normal box copy sales. It's just all pirated. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. It was that bad everywhere in continental Asia. <laughs> but there is a lot of money to be there if you rethink how to do it, right? 
Yeah, and that's what that's what's interesting is just seeing these totally different models using the cafes and the subscription models and all that stuff, and that's where this is coming from. I, I guess I guess Korea is probably the reason we don't have land play in StarCraft Two more than anything. You know, it's interesting. Even like WoW, I mean, WoW jumped through hoops to get into China because they knew yeah. that even though the model would be different, and you would have to do like, you know, remember how they had to remove all depictions of bones or anything that might offend? Yeah, all the like, undead stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they they were willing to do all that work because they knew it. They were not going to leave that Chinese money on the table, even if right. they, you're not going to sell box copies. Right. So that's I guess true. it's worth it. I mean, yeah. Even if you get like what five percent of the market, that's still what five million people. <laughs> Here, let me tell you what that means for us in America. It means we should revolt against um, Blizzard charging us for expansions. Because hmm. um, you know what? At the end of the day, they would just oh, I just use the phrase I hate. Um, ultimately, they would end up dropping it because they would still make tons of money on subscriptions you know i, I think they finally charged an honest price for all this wow stuff on during their black friday deal yeah five five and ten yeah because <laughs> listen you're gonna make your money back on me over playing this game for like the next several years how do you feel about that because you bought before that happened oh uh, it was terrible it was, I, I mean you so what bad. you lost out like 10 bucks of savings i or paid something? i lost 20 dollars. 20 dollars of savings wow that's too bad yeah. I, you like still the, got a really good deal compared to that, so it's not. A, it could have been awful. Oh, I, I could have spent 120 if I bought yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, the, that would have been terrible. <laughs> oh, man. you would have. What you would do is like buy it and then try to return it. Hope it gets there in time so that you could do a return of the of the new box copies. I wanted they send to, you. but I already opened everything. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if they send, if they were to ship you a boxed copy, mm. they wouldn't. The store oh. wouldn't know, right? It, it would Dang. need to be the same UPC code. That would be the trick, and so. If you bought Battle Chest, you need to buy Battle Chest and that sort of stuff. But uh, and they need to ship it to you quickly. But yeah, you could have pulled it off now potentially. Now you tell me this. Oh, I'm always thinking I, about how to do that I sort of stuff. Came to terms with this, and now you made me feel worse. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Aren't they still doing I, it, or did they stop? That's done. Oh, that's, a good that's idea. too bad. Done that. Yeah. Man, I could have got like twenty dollars back. Hey, at worst, you could have eBayed it. But um, yeah, let's see. Oh, I, I'll cheer you up. How about a Final Fantasy trading card game? Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's only in Japan anyway. So there's going to be a Final Fantasy trading card game in Japan on February 25th, 2011. Uh, and it, they didn't say what it's going to be like, what it's going to be about. Although it's going to have characters and summons creatures from the Final Fantasy series. Uh, they've got like, they showed a sample card of a, a Cloud Strife card and... Um, and some will be like based on concept art, and some will be based more on the game's 3D models. Um, apparently, Lightning from Final Fantasy 13. So basically, <laughs> the games that really look good in game, it'll be based on the in-game models. The other ones will be based on concept art. Is what it sounds like. Um, do you know how this game will play? Just like your standard. It doesn't say card? at all. Just that it'll be a trading card game. So I'm sure there'll be rare cards and common cards and stuff. But. Will there be anything that tie- it'd be interesting if they do what the what the wild trading card game does? But maybe they'll give you a few codes to use it in Final Fantasy fourteen. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. It would be nice if they tied it into their actual video game property. That might make me log into Final Fantasy fourteen for the first time in a long time. Mm. I need to go make sure my credit card is off of that. Is there yeah. anyone if it actually might come to the US or? But no, nothing yet. All right. Nothing yet. Uh, let's see. I'll check the original story. Oh, they didn't link it right. <laughs> so I can't. Uh, yeah, nothing yet. Ah, uh, but we do have something on the Nino Kuni front. 
So this is that awesome Studio Ghibli uh, level five produced DS RPG that has fantastic, awesome, best sounding music I've ever heard on the DS. And it comes with a giant art. I mean, a giant book that's necessary to play with, right? Yes, that's so awesome. Like that's the best anti piracy measure ever. Do you ever. actually think that would actually come to the US though? That big thick. Book? Oh, I so wish it will. Because it kind of needs to. And, like, okay, so here, let me read what the, the, the reviewers said. Uh, it got a 38 out of 40. That's a 10, 9, 9, 10. That's fantastic. Um, it got the animation, music, and story all combined together at a high level to keep the player constantly excited. Cool. The way the game links up with the book is innovative, and there's a lot of backdrop that allows you to understand the story on a deep level. It's not the light, easy-to-play sort of thing you'd expect of the portable game, but the sheer scope of the project makes it worth the time to play. Um, another writer said, With all the little play gimmicks in the game, it's extremely level 5-like in design. Not everything is explained very well, but the way you use the magic book makes the game seem like a lot more of an adventure. So the point is the book's well-integrated, and I just I, I want to do that. God, now, somebody needs to bring that significantly out. more for the game in Japan because of the book? I don't know. Um, let me see. Da, 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 da. I would be interested. I guess they could sell it as a collector's edition. Wait, is there any word that it's going to I was considering just importing it for the hell of it. Uh, nah. I think you and I need to go get Rosetta Stone. <laughs> Have you heard about the new Rosetta Stone? <laughs> yes, I listened to this week's Giant Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, import! It might I, not be you know, out I get yet. I get emails like that too sometimes. I should go to the I should go to those conferences. I really should. <laughs> you should. Uh, let's see where can I import it. I don't see it on Play Asia, so I can't get a price for it. Mm. Um, NCSX? Do they still exist? I thought they went out of business. So did I. NC shop NCSX dot com. Hmm. Seventy three ninety. Um, ninety six dollars. I'm not. I don't know that these are the real prices. You know, the thing is with the uh, with games in Japan is they all vary in pricing. They don't have mm-hmm. that standard set pricing, so it's very possible that this is a much more expensive game. I just yeah, I don't you, know. I mean, you mentioned that before. It's more like a sort of buy high. I mean, whatever people want. Yeah, to pay for. well, yeah. It's it's totally market based. Um, so and, and DS games can be really expensive. They, they, there's no expectation that they're a lot cheaper like it is here. Um, mm. Though a lot of them can tend to be a lot cheaper, but yeah. Uh, and let's see. And, oh, we don't need to read the rest of those reviews. And finally, what I know you've all been waiting for: mm-hmm. Harvest Moon free web version. That's right, Mina da Bokujo Monogatari <laughs> Harvest Moon with everyone is going to be free to play on the web in Japan. But I, I'm sure it'll come out here. That's right. It's, Does Japan it, have access to Farmville, out of curiosity? I don't know. I would assume mm-hmm. so. But this, that's basically right. what this is. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's a Farmville version of Harvest Moon. So will the Harvest Moon license make it okay to play Farmville for the hardcore gamers? That's my question. Well, the thing is that Farmville is just, just farming and getting other people to do farming for you give you gifts, right? Uh, yeah, but Harvest Moon. I think half of what Harvest Moon is is eventually finding a wife or a husband, settling down, having a baby, going to festivals. Will I get to do that? Uh, um, no, oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, it's still it's still about getting you to spend real money on the game, just like Farmville is. Uh, the article points out some differences. You don't create a virtual farmer, but rather assign tasks to Koloboklos. I don't know what a, what the heck is that? Kolobakles? Elf-like assistance based on Ainu folk legends. The hell's an Ainu? 
Oh, those that's the northern tribe of Japan. Oh, okay. Sorry. I knew people who were listening. I apologize. Um, <laughs> They're like yeah. the Ryukins, but in the north. The what? Ryukins. Like street Southern fighter? tribes. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Like Ryuku and like Okinawa. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the island setting means that st- players have fixed land area to work with, and there's no integration with any social networking service, so players operate in relative anonymity. That's an issue, isn't it? You need friends and stuff. Well, yeah. I guess you won't be spamming people with your Farmville, with your uh, with your Harvest Moon. Hmm. I'm sure this will come out here eventually. Someone will pick it up and, and localize it, because all these sorts of free-to-plays have that happen. I just don't know who it'll be. Um, I think that the I think that the local... Natsume people work with a PR rep who does a lot of free-to-plays as well, so there's probably some connections for that if they want to do that. Hmm. We'll see. But not that I know anything, because I honestly don't, but (laughs) I don't know how many people are looking forward to that anyway. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) That is our game. That's our news for the week. Oh, Chris, if you're interested, there's a great Nova documentary about the origins of the Ainu. Oh, great. If you're interested. I'll I'll... After I uh, snowblow today, I'll have to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? No, we that's it. I think we're we're almost done. Um, it's time for a Pixar avoids. I'll go first. So I picked up this week EA Sports Active Two for the PS3, and mm. I have to say it's a lot like EA Sports Active One for the Wii, except I've got three sensors, including one that's pretty cool. It has a heart monitor on it. Um, and so it can keep track of my heart rate, and it works pretty well. Um, I'm still noticing some issues with some of the exercises not fully detecting what I do, and I had that issue in EA Sports Active 1. That can be frustrating at times, but I've been told I'm doing it wrong by the EA Sports Active guy on Facebook, so I have to try changing some things. Um, man, that game gives you a workout. Which my I question guess is, is this. Point. Why aren't you playing uh, Your Shape on Connect? Because I can't do a Connect, basically. Why would I play your shape anyway? Why wouldn't I just get EA Sports Active for Connect? Do they really have that? Yeah, they do. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, your shape is. Have you seen the commercials? Hey, no. honey, have you? T- can you tell I've been playing Xbox? You should play some Xbox. <laughs> That's awesome. That's terrible. Um, yeah, if I could do a Connect easily without completely rearranging my living room in a way that I don't want to do, um, then I would. But I can't. I hear Dan Central is quite the workout on the higher levels. Yeah, well, you know, like EA Sports Active and I have an interesting relationship where I'm just never really satisfied with it at this point, which mm-hmm. it's probably because I just don't like working and doing exercise more than anything else. Not really a problem with the game. Um, I think it's easier if you just want to burn calories by playing Dance Dance Revolution. Um, less Less fuss, less sensors to battle with, less really weird exercises that are going to strain your knees or anything like that. Um, which I'm still worried about here. Um, here's what I'll say for people wondering about the eSports Active thing. Um, you remember they released eSports Active more workouts late last year for the Wii? And that greatly improved on the workouts that you were doing. It was m- a much better selection of exercises that worked more of your body. It incorporated stretches. It wasn't so terrible um, attacking your legs. Um, EA Sports Active 2 is built on that, it seems like. Um, so it's a much better selection of exercises. If you don't have anything, get two. 
um, definitely. And uh, look for that being a better exercise and workout experience for you. And they've got some social uploading features. You can kind of get into workout groups and compare how many calories you're burning and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, there's there's they've done some good stuff with the Internet here and, and whatnot to kind of get you motivated and get you exercising. If that's what so you're looking keep, for, it should work. But So does, does it keep good uh, track of your stats and which, how you've been performing? Um, well, let's see. EA... Let me go to the site. Yeah, because I'd be curious if you can set up a workout plan to this. I want to reach this goal by this time. I want to see if, if I'm well. You can you can set up um, plans in that you can say I want to burn do this many workouts or this many calories burned or something like that, mm-hmm. and it'll keep your tr- progress of whether or not you've hit that. You know, um, I'm having trouble finding the community site via Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they make this so hard to find. Official site. Go. To the official site. Oh, here it is. Log in. All right. Let me log in, and I can tell you what I've done. Assuming you're even interested anymore. Let's see. All right. So it tells me I've got one workout completed, because I know I only did one workout, and I'm telling you like I'm reviewing it, but... I've done a lot of the old EA Sports Active, and it's pretty easy to see what's going to happen here. Um, <laughs> it's got my, it's got goals. You can set number of workouts, the amount of exercises you do, and the amount of calories you burned. They've got achievements and stuff in there. They've got a tracker in here that graphs out your calorie burns over time. You can put that on days. You can put it on weeks. You could show how you can track the duration of your workouts. You can track the number of workouts. You can track your heart rate every day that you're get, achieving in the workout, like average and max, I think. And you can track how much uh, distance you've run based on what the sensor says. So that's all stuff that you can track on there. Your goals can be, um, like I said, number of workouts, the amount of hours of exercise, the, how many calories you burned. Um, there's programs you can choose from. Um, like they, The two main programs they try to get you into at first is a nine-week workout or a, a, a heart rate management program where your your exercise is based not on certain workouts but on uh, getting your heart rate up and and going for a while Um, i need to try that out to still and of course you can set up the goals like i said earlier um let's see yeah the cardio kickstart and uh, those are the programs right now i have a feeling what they're going to do is eventually they're going to give you dlc to download other workout programs Mm. but uh that's all I know of right now. So that's EA Sports Active 2. The problem is it's a bit expensive. It's 100 bucks for the whole thing. Mm. That is a lot. You get three lot. sensors, you said? Yeah, you get the three sensors with it. Um, but that's just one person sensors. So if you want to work... You can work out with two people at the same time in front of the TV, but you need another set of sensors for them. So, yeah. That can get weird. Um, so that's what I'll say. Uh, that's EA Sports Active. What else did I play? Oh, I played a lot of... Da, 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 da. Chocobo's, Crystal, Chocobo's Crystal Tower on Facebook. For shame. <laughs> this is kind of like it's it's a Farmville style game. Like the the basic game construction, the hooks is like Farmville in that there's little tasks for you to do every day, and then premium things to spend money on to do more of those tasks in a day. Um, 
but it, it's cool. You get you can. Uh, it's kind of cool in that you get a, a chocobo. You raise its egg. You give it equipment. You send it on quests, and you see how it did. You can go help it out while it's doing the quests, and then you try and compare um, all the the experience you've gained. But in, in raising these chocobos, pretty much everything you do gives you points, and you can compare yourself to other people on your friends list on Facebook, and uh, and that's it. So it's just a cute little chocobo raising game. Um, the problem is it's kind of buggy, <laughs> and. <laughs> It's not. It, it is obviously designed towards getting you to spend money, and it's kind of shameless in that way. Um, so it, it's hard to be, you know, too, too excited about it necessarily, because ultimately you realize this is just Square Enix trying to get me to open my wallet for them. Is it really that hard, though? Um, I have not spent any real money on it. So. All right. So there. Good beans. Good beans. That's not a phrase. But cool beans. Cool beans. Yeah. All right. There you that, go. That's what I've done. So I, that's my that's my uh I guess uh a caution and an avoid. So think about whether or not this is for you for spending a hundred bucks on the EA Sports Active. And if you need exercise, then it probably is for you and it's worth however much money it takes. Um and uh probably an avoid on the chocobo. <laughs> So what about uh, you, Manny? Pixar I have got the Warcraft bug. Not World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh, Warcraft 3. Nice. Yeah. I'm enjoying it as much as Anna does. I'm, I'm just a little bit into the human campaign. Um, I haven't gone too far. But so far, I really like what I see. And a lot of... It's, I know it's like, what, a 7- to 8-year-old game at this point. But it, they do a lot of things that may, still makes it feel really modern. I've actually been playing that on and off over the past few weeks as well. And I'm I'm actually really enjoying that. You know, I thought the graphics would bother me, but no, they look pretty decent. They're bright and colorful, and it's, I really enjoyed like the quest that you get in the middle of a mission. Go save Timmy from the Knoll. I'm like, all right, sure. Well, I mean, that's pretty much all the Blizzard strategy are real time games, right? Um, more so of that than StarCraft too. I can see. You know, it's funny. You can see the evolution of like how each one gets them, how each of the RTS games improves on the other. So, I mean, this is better than StarCraft, and StarCraft 2 is better than this. And I can see where they learned a lot of the, where they um, fixed a lot of the problems and a lot of the lessons in this game. Mm. So it makes me appreciate StarCraft 2 that much more, because like, the little things that are missing from this game are like, oh, well, that's okay, that's in StarCraft 2. Mm-hmm. I do wish, do wish, though, uh, now that I got a taste of this RPG hero mechanic, I do wish I could uh, have a persistent uh, Rainer and sort of bring him in and do what I need to with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so how far are you in the campaign? I am uh, most of the way through the Night Elf campaign in the first game. Hmm. How are you liking the story? Liking the story. Um, I know a lot of the pieces of it already from playing WoW and looking up backstories, but uh, it's good stuff so far. Yeah, the good thing is since I'm pretty new to the whole World of Warcraft world, the the whole World of Warcraft, the Warcraft universe, there Mm -hmm. you go. Um, This is feeling, I'm getting a good feel of who Arthas is. I'm finally understanding all these... uh, you know, all the factions and how they tie into each other. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I actually want to play an orc now. Want to play an orc now. Well, I can't help you with that on our server, but... Uh... Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to move to a new server. Oh. I, I, I even tried to make an orc there, and the starting area is desolate. Like, if you go to the human starting area on Draenor, yeah. there's just way too many people. Yeah. You can't throw a rock without hitting somebody. And then you go to the, the, the orc side. You'll be lucky if you see one guy every, like, 15 to 20 minutes. Hmm. So this is not a good server. 
That is kind of weird, actually. Yeah, it's depressing. Hmm. Well, that's okay, though. That, I guess that means I'll have 10 cool lines, guys, to play with you guys. I'm Draenor, RP Gamer Guild. Come join us. That's right. Come join us. Oh, oh and that reminds me, quick little bit of news is that... Uh, well, yeah, we didn't talk about the big releases for the next week, but I guess the, there's only one big game coming out next week, right? Uh, yeah, that's right, and it is um, on the page I shut. No, it's Cataclysm. Cataclysm's <laughs> coming out. Um, yeah, yeah. So go get Cataclysm. Um, are you gonna? How are you getting it? Are you getting it digitally? Are you going to a midnight? I pre-ordered the collector's edition from Amazon months and months ago. Hmm. So I'm waiting for the collector's edition to show up, and I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, it you may should be have really state delivery on that. You should. I should, but um, the order says it won't be here till Friday. Friday? Why? I don't know. Weather? I don't know. No, oh. not weather. Just it may. It sounds like the collector's editions may not get release date delivery. Huh. So I don't know. Um, I I'm kind of concerned about it, upset about it, but there's nothing I can really do about it. It's kind of just. Now you got me wondering because I bought because uh, Amazon has a special deal on it where I got the game for like half price. No, the the regular game it states on the game page that it's going to be release date delivery. Great. So it's it's the, it's the collector's edition that is cause for concern, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'll just have to wait a few days and then we'll start up our wargans. Um, I've got that mage and other stuff I can play with people. Anyway, you know what I find funny though is that uh, Drainer seems to be like a heavy line server. Yeah. Yet- isn't Draenor where orcs come from? <laughs> yes, and uh, and Draenei. So, yes. Funny how that works. Yeah, it's funny how that works. All right, and I think that's how this podcast works. So, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for sending in your feedback. Again, podcast at rpgamer.com. Leave a message on the forums, 608-729-4098. Um, you can watch us live, uh, but the problem is the schedule is going to be changing a lot over the next few weeks next week we're going to try and do a friday night show and so that's going to be friday night at 7 p.m pacific um 11 eastern i know that's really late but we're trying to get some pacific coast people involved in the show next week that can't normally be on lately like michael um so we're going to give that a try and uh so i hope you can join us at that time in the chat room at rpgamer.com slash live watch the live stream you can see my uh my fun christmas chocobo and uh the printy that everybody likes to talk about and my cats like to sniff the camera and people like to cheer them on too it's kind of weird that we get together on friday nights or saturday mornings and do that but we do and we'd like to have you with us and we can say things like reading off your your quotes in the chat room like dang i really want to play arcania 4 but the reviews average a c score from wolf with an extra e that could be you if you come hang out in the chat room so i hope to see you here next week until then manny got anything for the people before we go um i'll see you at the cataclysm at the cataclysm yes Uh, All right. Until next week, I'm going to go shovel my driveway or snow blow my driveway. That's right. Um, Bye, everybody. Snow doesn't exist here. (laughs) 